anyway, okay, I'm sorry. We, dude, dude, horny, horny guys in their thirties and forties love that girl. And that's, that's why they brought her back. Okay. I'm sorry. That's just it. To be continued, a fanboy podcast. Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You can also catch us on the various platforms such as iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, and to be continued, a fanboypodcast.com. Don't forget to like and subscribe. To be continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. Welcome back. This is to be continued, a fanboy podcast. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. We cover your fanboy passions here. Uh, this is a uh, interesting show we have uh, coming to you from Pancake Studios in the heart of Brooklyn. Uh, normally, I am joined by my uh, co-host, uh, Edward Ng, but Ed uh, could not make it today uh Plumbing problems. Let's just put it that way. Not, not personally, not him, not internal, not he's got an intestinal issue. Pepto. <laughs> he was, uh, he's got some, he's got some plumbing issues, so he could not make it today. We have not done a show in a while. Uh, we really needed to get a little content out there, uh, stretch the vocal cords. And so we're having a sort of a, a two-man show here. My co-pilot for today is, as always, our producer with the mostiest here at Pancake Studios, Ladies and gentlemen, Jonathan Vergara. That's me. That's me. Yeah, we're here. We're a ragtag team right now. We're we're We've in the bunker. Lost many good men on the way, but uh, yeah, and you know, Rico, Rico, and Inglesius, Le- little uh, Stevie, little Stevie. That's right. Jimmy from Toronto. Jimmy from Toronto. That's right. Let's, That's not, for- Let's not forget about Bubbles. Oh, from yeah, yeah. from Gary, Indiana. Right. <laughs> 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 um so that's where that's where that's where michael was from right was it gary right okay <laughs> so um today's program is our first post-insurrection program uh you know i don't want to go too crazy on it but like holy shit what the hell was that all about <laughs> <laughs> looks like a, a comic-con gone awry it guy dude <laughs> yes 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 I, I swear to god i mean like they you know the qan and shaman alone oh my god john 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 <laughs> yes <laughs> i didn't things. even think about it because you mentioned uh, before the show, as we were getting ready, uh, John uh, was saying, why do all my, whenever I try to do voices, it's always a cross between, uh, who did you say? And uh, Oh yeah, the, the tick and not, I am, today we go out and storm the Capitol. Our, 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 our character Navajo that we, uh, <laughs> I am. Well, John, 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 Navajo has his arch enemy now. Navajo's arch enemy is the Kiwanan shaman. Yes. Yes. Ed, Ed, when you hear this, I want you to draw this now. I need a comic book cover 
of of Navajo in a death struggle with the Kiwan and Shaman. <laughs> Make it happen, America. I'll show you where you can shove your Second Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> you how dare you, you wussies we well, he would he, he would he would probably Navo would probably be really offended by that guy in the buffalo headdress alone like it was like this is cultural appropriation <laughs> i must scalp this back <laughs> counting coup <laughs> um so yeah it's a it's been a crazy time since january 6th and we're still in crazy times. You know, it's like 2020 was like, like, hey, I'm out the door. And then it was like, oh, man, I forgot my car keys. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, there is a great meme of uh, Will Smith crying. And it, and it and it's like, how messed up, how messed up is it that you read 2021? Like one. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like that because it was like, it was a good like five, six days. We were like, hey, oh, vaccines are coming out. Oh, hey, Joe Biden won. Oh, no. And then it was just like, no, nope, guess what? <laughs> no. I'm going to, they pulled the Uno reverse card on us. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right when you think, uh, yeah. Right when you think things are over with, they come out with uh, part six. You know, it's just like yeah, like okay. Yeah. But you know, we're we're all hanging in there as it is. We're I hope everyone uh, we're in shock. We're in shock. I think people are in shock. I think they and yeah. and as well they you know as well they should be because we I I don't think a lot of people have even at the depths. You know, there was a time where I could say you know, hey, it it's it's still not as bad as it was in the in the late sixties. Nope. We've, we've, we've surpassed that point. I, I now have bragging rights to say that I'm living through a time worse than the time that my parents lived through in their formative years. Uh, but, uh, uh enough of that nastiness. Right, we'll, we're not really trying to go political. We're not going to go too political here. Uh, just, you know, just catching up on, on all the stuff that's happening in the world. Today's episode is going to be focusing on some stuff that, you know, we weren't able to cover because of all the issues that we've had. Uh, COVID has impacted us, uh, you know, uh, Ed's a, Ed's a, as a father and he's got to stay home with the kid, um, activities. Other Insurrection things. aside. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the COVID also. Yeah. It's, man, it's, but it's so crazy that we live in a time that we can actually say that and mean it. Like if I said that a year or two ago, like. I'm like, oh, John, you're just throwing a monkey wrench. <laughs> Insurrection and COVID aside, we can say that now. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we didn't get really get a, a handle to uh, finish up on. Some of this may seem old hat, but I just wanted to get it out there. Um, so today's episode, we're going to be focusing on the finale that uh, the, uh, the Mandalorian had, uh, the last episodes of its season. Wonder Woman 84, which we didn't get to do a review on. And then I'm going to give my opinion on the Marvel Studios WandaVision on Disney Plus as it's so far. Um, so uh, just be prepared. Be prepared to listen on the flip side because uh, we'll be back after a few words from friends. <sighs> oh, what's the matter, Miguel? Uh, I feel fat, Ed. I feel the same way, too. Oh, you too, John? Yeah. You guys, you both you guys need to get in shape. And a way to go about this is by going with JP Total Fitness. JP Total Fitness? What's that? Uh, our pal Jonathan Padilla, friend of the show, runs a Brooklyn-based personal training and remote coaching service committed to leading you becoming stronger and faster. Go to jptotalfitness.com. In the Kitchen with Roro. 
In the Kitchen with Roro, R-O-R-O. If you're looking for bite-sized bits of yumminess and need to satisfy that sweet tooth, then check out In the Kitchen with Roro on Instagram. Each item especially made by our personal friend Rosie here in Brooklyn. Also coming to YouTube, that's In the Kitchen with Roro. Those are some wonderful words from some wonderful friends. Yes, they're wonderful. They're wonderful. <laughs> now, um, so we had been talking about uh, The Mandalorian, which is on Disney+. Plus. Uh, previous episode, we had our you know good friend of the show, uh, Jeremy Martin, the King of Star Wars. Why not? <laughs> and, you know, we were kind of at the point where it's like, where, you know, where, where is the season going? And I probably should have done a little more research on our own show and looked up what was the episode we left off at, but I didn't. We'll just say, um, you and you had finished seeing uh, all, all the season, right? Yes. So I would say the the, the those last like three episodes. Yeah, I, I think, think there was that, like two or three. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you know, obviously at this point, spoilers, everyone knows how it ended. Uh but I would just like to talk about the uh the way they integrated Boba Fett, uh the Ahsoka uh, 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 Ahsoka Tano and uh just that finale itself, which was just, you know, amazeballs, I think. Um, how did how did you feel about how it all wrapped up in, uh, generally? Um, the same as everyone else where they, they saw Luke and they started crying. CGI Luke. Did you, did you really have a big, strong emotional reaction? <gasps> I... I didn't, but I can get why of a lesser man. No, would, no, uh, Miguel, I, my heart is made of. <laughs> no, Miguel, that's for idiots your age. No, no, no. idiots your age. I cry, I cry, I cry, uh, uh, I cry when I watch DBZ. All right, I'm a class act. I, yeah. <laughs> when when Goku finally obtains Super Saiyan Four level, it's it's. It, we I, we I, know I get the struggle. Get a little choked up. Get a little choked up. It's a good guy. <laughs> take him, take him, take him down, Goku. Come in. <laughs> but uh so you so uh so you you really enjoyed did you think you know now that we've got two seasons under our belt of the show I think we have a good sense of it so you know, had you know overall on uh, uh you know do you, do you do you find that the second season was really strong do you do you think there were any downsides You know I think we talked about this last last time we got together there were some episodes where it felt like it wasn't they weren't really pushing the plot they weren't mm. really pushing the story but they really wrapped that up with the second season. Like now it's like, oh, okay, now Luke has uh tiny Yoda. Uh what's his name? Grogu. Gro Goku. He's, he's, Goku. He's gonna come back with blonde hair. He's, he's gonna that's what's gonna happen. Mando's gonna find him and he's gonna be, you know, working out with weighted clothing. It's gonna be great. Let him go, Frieza. <laughs> but um, uh you, you thought it you 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 thought that was a and so now that Grogu's out of the way. Yeah, yeah. With with the particulars aside, I think they they ended the season where the sky's the limit. Skywalker's mm. the limit. Um, ah. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Ah. So I'm gonna. There's no mention of Grogu in the movies, right? In no. The, yeah. Yeah. This is well. This is brings up a lot of people are like, so like people are like, oh, it's so it's so absolutely you know, um, it's so sad that. You know, uh, no, it's so heartwarming the way they they left, and you know, oh, well, yeah, start and 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 then almost immediately the internet went, "Hey, man, you know, uh, you know, no, Grogu probably got killed by Kylo Ren when 
probably. <laughs> but they're like, they're like, you know, I mean, uh, you know, because there's no mention. Yeah. In um, movie, and I think such a big key thing to, to not to have a thread not threaded. I yeah, yeah I, um, I I think that there it 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 begs questions. It automatically you go okay, well you've got me attached to this character to this baby Yoda. America is attached to this baby. I don't think they can leave his fate in a gray area. I, right. They probably do have to in some way either. Because what does Mando do from here? Well, they've you know, got. I yeah. think they do have they, they their like sort of like third season plan, and I think that's why they got rid of uh, Grogu for a period, or at least it seemed. I would assume so maybe not, they might bring him for a season four. Like maybe they'll do a, an, an yeah, adventure yeah, yeah. without him. And then, yeah, I, yeah, I think that the next season arc is going to focus. It's really going to be about. Mandalore. It's going to be about the Mandalorians and their culture. Men. Yeah, and and you know who gets who gets to lead them that 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 kind of stuff. Um, now for me, I mean, the season started very very strongly. I thought, um, and then I agreed with you. I think that there were some pacing issues of the story. Uh, I am sorry. They uh, there are at least two episodes that I go. We didn't need to do this. You could have just gotten to the point. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, call me heartless or whatever. You're all meat and potatoes. Yes. Mm -hmm. But Frog Lady did not have to be there at all. <laughs> Frog Lady and the attempt at humor with him eating the eggs that was dumb. It was stupid. It was dragged out. It was, you know, it genocide's was, never funny. It, genocide is never funny. <laughs> you know, someone, you know what? I, I was online and some guy said, like, like, Oh, you know, uh, or something along the lines of, uh, gr you know, Grogu, uh, is, is, you know, got fat and happy with, with, uh, with, with Luke or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's a shame that he got killed though. And my response was, or, or Ben Solo fed that little son of a bitch as many frog eggs as he wanted. And he became the most feared member of the Knights of Ren, Grogu the Insatiable. <laughs> I mean, that's a possibility, right? I mean, why can't we? Why I don't do it? Why not? Why not? Um, I felt that yeah, that there was kind of a, some slowness to it. Uh, also, the episode where he returns and uh, uh, to the he he sees uh, Carl Weathers and uh, Cara Dune again. I kind of felt like he could just get just get, especially once it was like, oh hey. Uh, you got to meet this this person named Ahsoka Tano. It's like, do that next step. Don't tease that. Just get to it. Then we get to probably the the real departure point, which I think is those last three episodes. Um, and that's the episode with Bill Burr, which is an amazing episode. It's some of the best Star Wars ever produced. Because for a lot of reasons, I think, not only because it was, it was a well-made action packed, you know, had tension, drama, all that, but the way they, they turned the lens to the, to the empire. And I love that. It's like, oh yeah. Hey, guess what? Stormtroopers can shoot. They should be able to shoot. They have to be a dangerous enemy. If not, you know, they're jokes, you know, and you saw it from the inside of like people who were affected by the empire. I mean, like that. That inglorious bastards moment of like they're sitting down with that officer and like they're just having this conversation and it's building towards something so absolutely so fantastic. And then, you know, on top of it, the season gave us like the most badass Boba Fett we've ever had. 
you know, and made me go, I absolutely want to see where, you know, wherever that goes. And then ended it with, you know, the Luke Skywalker reveal, uh, which is just like you, it seemed to be too big a possibility, right? Most people, a lot of people were like, you know, oh, well, who's the Jedi he's going to meet? And then it's like, oh, it's Ahsoka Tana's there. Okay, that's fine. That they were able to keep it under wraps made it that much more special. And that they did it in a way that was so fan servicey, but it was well done. They, I, the, There's no doubt that Filoni said, oh, you know, Filoni and Favreau were like, okay, we got to give Luke his Darth Vader in Rogue One moment. We got to do something that's like, okay, it's the Disney era, but we're showing that time period. And he's going to be the badass we always wanted to see him be, you know, the ultimate, you know. And they did that. And the CGI part was, it's a little, eh, it's a little, eh. it's not as bad as I think some people say, but it's, yeah. it's obvious there's not as much that could have been done in terms of the, maybe the crunch time of the, you know, it, Luke does not say a lot. He's not as interactive as he could be. Yeah. Um, a little stiff. He's a little stiff. <laughs> now, one of the, here's something I really, one of the best moments of that episode is the fact that they, not only was there this um, synchronicity of the Vader moment in Rogue One and Luke taking out the Dark Troopers, but I don't know if you noticed this. Luke is looking at an experience he had already seen and lived which was a father telling his son goodbye and showing him his face for the first time. Right. There was, a, that's, I mean, like, Oh yeah. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that, that there's, there is no, like, that's not a, that's not a coincidence. That's not that. That is Filoni and Favreau and their team going, what can we do in this moment? How, how can to we make, make this it deeper? Yeah. And like, oh. it's like, it's the second time that Luke had to see that he, you know, he, and makes you want to know, and absolutely begs the question. It's like, well, I hope that Grogu survived this. I hope that he was able to, you know, train him for some time. And, you know, if he didn't become a Jedi, then maybe he, something else. Um, uh, interesting wrap up on Mando there, I would say is um, two things. One is that post credit scene, which is just like, oh, but. Boba Fett right. as a, a mafia lord or something. Mm -hmm. You don't know, really know. It's very, it. a lot of people have jumped to, and I I understand why. And, you know, they, they, oh yeah, Boba Fett is now going to be, uh, you know, this is going to be the Tony Sopranos in space or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily so. I, I honestly could see it being something different because here's a little something. is a detail. It's a pretty big detail. The guy that he shoots is supposed to be Bib Fortuna, who is from Return of the Jedi. He's the guy with the, he's the Twi'leki, he's got the tail things on his head. You, you remember that from Jedi. Bib Fortuna is on the, is on the barge right. when it explodes. How did he survive? See, that's the interesting thing to me for the book of Boba Fett. I think we're going to get a kind of a ret, um, uh, we're going to get a, a little a, bit of a retelling, a, a retcon. Mm -hmm. Cause here's what I think it's going to be, because I think there are some, there are a lot of questions that, that need to be begged to be quiet again, because number one, Boba Fett's back on his feet, right? 
for whatever reason, we don't know why he didn't get his armor back for so long. We don't know how he got out of the situation. But now that he's back and he's 100% and he's... Why would his first move that we've seen so far be, let me kill Bib Fortuna? Why isn't his first move, I'm going to find that asshole solo, right? Mm -hmm. It would make more sense, right? For him to be like, I'm going to find that smuggler asshole and I'm going (laughs) to, my rep has been ruined. I think what we're going to get is this. I think we're going to get that Boba holds no ill will towards Solo. I think Boba is going to have like, they're going to be like, they're going to lampshade. He maybe asked about it or talked to it. And basically it's going to come down to, hey, shit happens in the fight. Like I don't, I don't, I'm more mad at myself for letting it happen. Well, as as he proved in the last few episodes too, is that exactly. so, Vers- like, he doesn't seem like the guy who's going to hold grudges. So, so like, yeah, not, not at least not for, maybe not for something like that. And I think what we're going to find out is this. I think that since Bib survived somehow, we're going to learn the reason he killed Bib Fortuna is because something happened after, you know, you can come up with whatever it could be. It's going to be like, I don't know. Like maybe Bib got off, Bib got off the barge before it exploded. Right. So now he's the de facto head of the hut organization, maybe, you know, and he is like, I got to maybe there's a, you know, we, there's a question of why was Boba Fett even hanging around there still, right? I, maybe it's a thing like, okay, Boba delivers Solo to, to Jabba and maybe Boba and Jabba had some job, something they wanted to do, right? And they're like, oh man, you know, if Boba was with us, this would be. This would, this would be great. So Bib Fortuna, I'm sorry, Bib Fortuna and Jabba are like, ah, if Boba was in on this job, he's, he's, he's going to make it. He has to be part of this crew for whatever the a heist, whatever. Now that Jabba's dead, maybe Bib Fortuna's like, oh, I need to do that job even more than ever now. It's with this, we need the money. We need the infusion. The, the organization is in shambles. All of his top lieutenants are dead and now it's all on me. So he goes like, wait a minute. Like we needed Boba, but Boba's dead. Wait, uh, the Sarlacc takes you a long time to, to, to digest. So maybe a couple of days later or whatever, they go out to the Sarlacc pit. They get Boba out of there. And Boba in, because he's a man of his word and all the rest of that stuff, says, all right, you guys saved my life. Give me a couple, you know, give me, give me a couple of weeks to get myself back into shape here. You know, I've, <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever he needed to recover. Cause it seems that maybe he was, maybe that scarring is from the Sarlacc. Mm-hmm. And he does this job and then they backstab him. And the book of Boba Fett is going to be his kill bill. It's going to be Boba finds he's killed Bib, but he's going to find every other SOB who left him for dead. And it was, he needed to get his armor back to do that. And he's, that is what he's going to do. Um, I hope it's something like that. I think that's right. Second is I am, I am starting to feel that the sort of fan sentiment that, they, I don't think, oh, well, all this like crazy Kathleen Kennedy conspiracy stuff that you see on YouTube and other places. I don't, I don't, I don't cotton to it. I think it's, there's a lot of silliness, but I do think that there has been a shifting of gears. I think that because of the way that the sequel trilogy ended, ended, I think that they are like, well, we got to go back to the well. That's Mandalorian itself. is saying we're, we're going back to the, to a time closer to the original trilogy. And because of that, I don't think that they can now go, 
well, all of that stuff that was kind of untouchable, that period, and you know, we're not, they have to go into it. But how do you do world-shattering, big, dramatic events in the Star Wars universe in that period of time and not rope in Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia and the and Wedge Antilles and whoever else, right? There were a lot of rumors going around of, of uh, you know, Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier himself, or, you know, maybe being approached to play Luke. Now, I think this is a theory. I'm just pulling this out of my ass. Okay. So please, you know, what if they're like, well, we got to shift gears to this other period. All these, a lot, many of the, most of the shows that they're, you know, Book of Boba Fett, uh, was it uh, New Republic Rangers? They're in that time period. So how can it be like, you know, whatever, if, if, if they go with the whole thing where at the Ahsoka Tano show where she's tracking down Grand Admiral Thrawn and Grand Admiral Thrawn's got a fleet that's going to come and wipe out the New Republic, you can't have Luke and Han and Leia stay on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. What if they were like, look, we're going in that direction. And what we're going to do is we're going to do a storyline that is going to be spread out Avengers Marvel Universe style on these shows. Mandalorian, the Ahsoka Tano show, uh, you know, Rangers of the New Republic. We're not going to have a Luke Skywalker, Leia, Han Solo show per se, but they will be key characters that will float through all this storyline. Right. And we will recast them. They can't do what they did to Mark Hamill for it's not yeah. cost effective. It's not, it's just too many other things. He's too old, but you can use the Mandalorian as your swan song for Luke, for Mark Hamill in the role. And then be like, Hey, guess what? Sebastian Stan is going to be Luke Skywalker. It's the right age. It's the right time. We've recast Leia. We've recast. So, you know, Hey, they already recast solo. They, they could bring, um, hit, you know, that actor yeah. back. Bring, we know there's a Lando show, right? Right. So. That makes sense. So suddenly you maybe have something, this a grand story. And, you know, they seem to be headed into an area, I think, where the person who's involved, Dave Filoni, along with John Favreau, you know, he's the guy who rebels, he's Clone Wars. He's done a whole thing of what we like to call canonizing, which is to say on those programs and things, he has taken elements that were part of the post return of the Jedi expanded universe that I grew up with, mm-hmm. which that, those were the stories that were post return of the Jedi for me when I was a teenager and in my twenties. Mm-hmm. And he said, okay, there's a lot of that stuff that's popular, but we can't all of it. We don't want all that continuity. We don't want all the crap. We don't things that we don't want, right. but we're going to cherry pick. We're going to pick and choose the things we want and we're going to make them these things. And, he brought in Grand Admiral Thrawn in, 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 on the show, and now it's going to obviously be live action. Mm-hmm. And that was the original post-Return of the Jedi big story. This Grand Admiral comes who had been sent away during the period of the Galactic Civil War, comes back with this fleet to find the Empire in disarray, and he's a military, and he's just a genius. And he brings all of those factions back together to sort of remake the Empire, and he is... It's a good story, and you could see that playing out as a as a as a storyline that you could do over three different shows. I think. Right. Uh, Hopefully, it'll be the better version of 
Jessica Jones. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, defenders. Yeah. Yeah. And into defenders. Yeah. And I think they've already shown. I think that, that, you know, it's obvious that they're working on different levels. Even when we said there were issues with season one and season two, overall, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied. Yeah. I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I look forward to where they're going to go with it, especially, you know, just with Mando. I mean, that whole, the dark saber Mandalorian. I mean, there is so much you can do with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, myself, I still, you know, I said this last time, the question of uh, Moff Gideon's character is huge because it's like, there's something about those last lines where he said, they're savages, they killed everyone on the bridge set. Like, he doesn't like Mandalorians for whatever reason, or he has an ax to grind. And he's done all this manipulated to like he like he knew he got the dark saber he knew what it would what would happen if someone else took it from him he knew that she knows like oh this is gonna cost like so he's there's something there and it's got to be personal I don't th- it can't just be I'm evil yeah he has he's he always has another card up his sleeve even when you think he's defeated he's still like I actually this is part right of my and design. It's, and they're not and they're yeah. de- I don't <laughs> think they're done with that character at all I can mm-hmm. um. Overall, I mean, like, it was just, it's an amazing, and I will say, yes, John, I cried. I You I, cried? I cried. Nice. I cried. I, I really did. Now, let me just say, this is the last thing I'm going to say about this, and the last thing we're going to say about Mandalorian. Okay, there was a lot of criticism and a lot of rancor online about Last Jedi when it came out. And... One of the things that happened in that argument was people were, some people were saying, look, I like what they did with Luke Skywalker. I think you were just disappointed because you didn't get badass Master Jedi Luke Skywalker who could pull Star Destroyers out of the sky just by blinking at them. And everyone who heard that said, no, no, no. I just, I don't like this character. And, you know, I find a lot of their criticisms not valid. I'm sorry. I adore... I adore the last Jedi uh-huh. in, in, in inverse to how absolutely what a shit show, you know, rise of Skywalker was right. But that's just it. The same fans who said, no, no, no. It's not that I want Luke Skywalker to cream themselves with the Mandalorian in that scene. And what was that scene? Nothing but Luke Skywalker being a super badass. He doesn't read, you know, it's a great, it's a good scene. It's well done, but let's be honest. Luke does not say much. He doesn't emote much. There's not a lot of characterization. Mm-mm. He's just there and he's a badass. They just want some CGI action. And, you know, I'm just saying, it's like, I'm not, I'm not, I just want to say, it's like, if you said that, I'm sorry. I think a lot of your criticism of Last Jedi did, did could just come down to that. You could not, you could not fathom a Luke Skywalker that wasn't, an all-powerful super warrior, uh, d- defeated, and and mm-hmm. and and ha- who had to learn who who you know all of those things that that there was this whole part about like you can't get so into this like there's a there's a deep critique there right. of hero worship of not understanding the limitations of right. and and of course and yes of that people heroes will fail but it's that they have to continue trying that's important yada yada there's all this that got blushed aside because like oh he didn't he wasn't a badass and i don't get me wrong in the build-up towards last jedi that's what i I did i'm not going to say i wanted him just to be a badass warrior but i was expecting him to be 
in the next part as well. I expected it to be like, we brought Luke back and he's going to be the Obi-Wan, but you're going to get him for more than one movie at least. And it's going to be him and Ray together. And we're going to get a deep relationship. Like I thought that that was what it's going to be. We're really going to see the master student thing. They right. went in another direction. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that, you know, someone's got to say, it's like, if, if you were like, oh no, it's not, it's not that I just wanted to do. It's like, yeah, I think you kind of did. I, th- I, th- I think you kind of did. And, and people, and the fact that again, guys in their forties and fifties were crying tears for a scene where all, like, again, it's an awesome scene, mm-hmm. but all he does is, is chop up some robots. So it's like, that's my childhood hero. I'll, yeah. That's yeah. And, I, and, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm no, not, it, and it works. And, it, and it's yeah, good. I don't want to be too accusatory. Right, I, I don't right, want to be right, like, right. this is bad about you, but yeah, let's but admit like, it. Let's, let's just admit that that's what that was about. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and we will be admitting some other things on the flip side of some more words from friends. Oh yeah. Hello out there, everyone. My name is Miguel Alejandro Velez. And Edwarding here. And we are the host of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. As anyone knows, we are based out of the Park Slope Brooklyn Pancake Studios, providing to us by one Jonathan Vergara. Ed, what can they expect to get out of Pancake Studios? And here at Pancake Studios, covering your audio recording, production, mixing, and mastering needs. And Jonathan is a complete wizard when it comes to these things. Uh, we Coming this month, it would be our third year anniversary. And uh, he's made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Look no further. Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. And uh, now, good, uh, dear listeners, we're going to go into a very short, and it is, because I don't have much more to say other than uh, my agreement with most other people's take on it, which is Wonder Woman 1984. There was a lot of buildup to this film. You know, COVID drama caused, uh, you know, the, the whole issue about how it's going to be released. They decided to release it on HBO Max and, and also in theaters. Okay. Was there a limited theater release? I want to say it was. Again, again, oh, it's fun. Well, here's so funny. It was released on Christmas. It feels like 10 years ago already. Oh, man. That's it was crazy. released at Christmas like, like uh, you know, everything else that's happened in the world. But finally having seen it when I saw it. I I don't know any other explanation for how misbegotten this movie is on every level, every level, other than laying it at the feet of Patty Jenkins. I'm sorry to say. Ooh. It's, I'm sorry. I mean, um, I think that we all know that the Warner Brother DC films already have a big issue because there doesn't seem to be um, a focused manager like Kevin Feige, right? And they have made a decision to kind of like give the directors a lot of carte blanche. And I think after um, she also received a lot of glow because uh, the first Wonder Woman movie was really, really good. um, And it had some elements in it that were most of it, I would say, is, is within that firmly like the Snyder kind of take. But she lightened things up a bit. Right. And of course, Gal Gadot is radiant on screen as this character and in that first movie the relationship pops it's it works right mm-hmm. but i think they misunderstood they said oh well it's those lighter elements that's what made this such and it's like mm, uh, nope 
nope, everyone talks about the No Man's Land sequence. Everyone talks, you know, the, the, most people I'd say, say third act, even though that that action sucked, um, the first act action and all the stuff on the island was magical and it, it, it was just, you were in it, the relationship to the characters, all that stuff, right? I think Jenkins whole position was, I want to make a blockbuster version of your average episode of the Linda Carter show. I am sorry. And it shows throughout, it shows in the, the, the color palette. It shows in the fact that Wonder Woman doesn't really, her fighting is a big disappointment for me because they seem to have been like, she can't be, she can't be that badass warrior we saw in all the other previous, you know, appearances right. by her. Mm -hmm. They've got her doing a lot of work with the lasso kind of like Spider-Man. And I don't think she even throws a punch for this entire movie for the most part. Wow. I don't, I, I'm honestly thinking about even the big finale sequence where she fights the cheetah in it. I don't think she punches her at any point. Like there's no like, and it's a very, very strange. Now, John, you didn't get a chance to see it, right? Unfortunately. Okay. So, Spoiler, spoilers, and I said I didn't want to really go into it, but like a, another big part of it is, is they tried to do this film, and I understand why, because this is also an aspect of the Wonder Woman character where modern-wise, yes, there's a very strong Xena warrior princess thing going on. If anything, the when they sort of reimagined a lot of the DC characters in post-1986, which is their Crisis on Earths, the George Perez who was brought in to write and draw that book took a lot of his inspiration from another comic book artist, uh, Walt Simonson. And Walt Simonson was the guy who had taken over Thor. And his whole thing was he was always into Norse mythology. And he was like, that's what we got to do. The, you know, that's what's missing here from Thor is we got to turn that knob to 11 and rip it off with the mythological stuff. You know, that's epic. That's big. That's huge. And there's just so much... Uh, material to draw from. You can use all of those different, you know, featured characters. You can have the gods, you can have, you know, takes on different, you know, tales in the mythology and it's just bigger and epic and it's this whole world. And that was another thing is that Walt Simonson was like, hey, Thor is not, you know, Thor is sort of being Superman on earth is weird and a little strange. And like, it's, it's cool. He's weasel with the Avengers and it's cool to do stuff with him on earth. But since the really interesting stuff is Asgard and all those other gods and things like that's, let's concentrate on that a little more and bring, make that really integral so that it's not just Thor fighting the villain of the week. It's Thor and his relationship with Sith and Odin and the warriors three and Loki and building, yeah. really big. So Perez's take was the same thing. He was like, let's really, really develop who were the Amazons? What were they like? What's their world? How did they come to be in this way? And how does that then affect them going further on down the line? And then of course, Gods, 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 mythological characters, they just out the yin-yang. And, they're, you know, you can have Wonder Woman, you know, fighting, battling Medusa, you know, you know, Ares, all that stuff. He really, he really, really focused it on it in a way that was a little more hardcore, a little more like, ah, uh, she was raised to be a warrior. That's got to be an aspect. But this has always been in tension with the whole part that's inherent in Wonder Woman of her being, you know, this champion of love and understanding. She's not, you know, she will, sh she'll cut a motherfucker. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. But if, if the, ch if the choice is not to do that is to re um, 
is to try and get to the to the the better part of that person and redeem them. That's that that is also her go to shoes. So there's always a tension there, and in this movie, that's what they tried to do. They had Pedro Pascal's character, uh, 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 Max Lord, and they basically had like the whole MacGuffin was like this genie wishing stone, and they tried to make you very sympathetic to him. He's a he's a dad, and. He has slow self-esteem, but it was all very, very odd, very, very strange, not particularly compelling. It has the whole uh, pre-2000s, okay, maybe say pre-MCU issue of like, let's add in another villain for this. And then you're going like, you're not developing either of these two strongly. Kristen Wiig's Cheetah is, and then I'm just going to throw this out. It's not good either. It's not developed well. But maybe one of the biggest things is this did not two 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 of the biggest things. One, this did not need to be in the year 1984. There, I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what your argument is. I've heard them all. I've heard it all before at this point. Yeah. There was no sly commentary. There was no sort of like this couldn't take place at any other time. There was no like this is thematically relevant or resonant here. Nothing. It could have taken place today. And not a single goddamn thing in that movie would have changed. Not one thing other than they got to do kitschy 80s stuff. Oh, here we are at the mall. Here's shoulder pads. Here, you know, like that's the only thing Here's that a it did. Yeah, it was just em it's empty nostalgia. Empty nostalgia, which we will talk about later on as well. Overall, it it it's a it's it's just it doesn't succeed and it drags. It's a really long movie. And like I said, since there aren't these really great blockbuster action sequences that have a lot of tension or are interesting, at least, or visually. None of that. None of it at all. It's just this weird, candy-coated... Uh, oh, and then, okay, I, 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 said, I said two things. Like I said... The I other think Miguel liked this movie. Part, yeah, no. Part two is, okay... I understand totally and completely. And this is also a shame because it, the movie does have a success in this. Chris Pine, Steve Trevor and Gal Gadot, they are great together. You want to see more of that. They killed the character and that had great resonance. I do get wanting to bring him back. I do get going like, people love that. We got to give them more. There were so many ways to do it, but John, here is how they did it. John, John did not see it. So he's John. Basically it's a whole thing. Like I said, there's a wishing stone. A wish brings back Steve Trevor. Cause Diana is lonely. She's, you know, you, you kind of like that. She's she, the only man she ever loved. And this is still a pain in her heart. When right? Wonder Woman's alone. <laughs> it's, it's time for the magic lasso. The magic stone. <laughs> so he's back to life, but no, John, they didn't do something as simple as. He materializes, you know, I'm alive again, or, you know, they could have done something creepy and weird. They could have like, they, you know, they, they could have like had him like, just, he comes back alive and, you know, so he's somewhere in Europe and he's, he looks around and I, I don't know, maybe that, that wherever he died is now like a, is, is like housing or something. And he appears in somebody's, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, this was, this was a battlefield in 19, you know, 17, but yeah, it's been paved over for, you know, 80 years now, you know, hundred years. But they didn't. Instead, what happens is he inhabits another guy's body. Basically, it's like 
this there's this guy who keeps trying to talk to Diana and she keeps blowing him off. And then I guess she touches him or she sees it and it's like, he goes, he literally goes from, he looks one way and suddenly he looks like Steve. And she's like, what, how did this happen? He's like, I just woke up a few days ago in this guy's body in this apartment. I don't know. And it's like, okay, let's talk about how in order for this situation that we like with these two characters, you have hijacked another man's life. Right. I get that the, what they wanted was there to be a big choice uh, for Diana because that's part of the plot. It's like, oh, people are granting these wishes and they got to give them up even if you, you know, it's your heart's greatest desire because it's the right thing to do, yada, yada. And they have a scene where that has to be and it it is a pretty good scene between them where he makes, he says, this can't go on. I've got, but at no point, it's all about the rest of the world. At no point does the consideration for that guy's life come into it. It's about everything else but that. And it's like, no, that was the morality part. It, if you were going to do it that way, which I thought was stupid, but if you were going to do that, that's the obvious question. Wait a minute, Diana, are you just, are you cool beans with your boyfriend being resurrected into another man's body and taking over his life? Right. And for you, the, 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 the superhero the of love and caring and truth and exactly. And I get that there was, you know, they did have some of that tension, but it didn't seem to focus on that. Right. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a mess. It's really is a mess. And I think it was, this needed to be, they need to understand that you can't do, I do not believe doing wonder woman, like the old 1940s comics or the Linda Carter show for a big budget blockbuster film is viable. It's it's not. It has to be what that first film was and say what like the first Thor film was. Right. You got to you got to give us some action, you got to give us, you know, a romance, you know, epic vistas and things. This was not what it and oh and that's the other part is the Amazons there are a lot of these questions. You still don't know why, if her, you know, what her relationship is with her people. And maybe this is the, maybe Snyder's uh, uh, Justice League uh, cut will have, because the Amazons were apparently supposed to be a much larger part of that movie and got cut out. It just begs, it begs a lot of questions of, you know, that they didn't answer about, like I said, it didn't have to be in 1980. So that, and it, you need to have a certain kind of vibe that that TV show is not, it just doesn't work. I just don't think it worked. And, and again, th no one told Patty Jenkins what to do on this film. There was no sort of like mandates. I'm sure she got, people loved you. People love you and Gal Gadot together. Do whatever you want to do. And that, you know, that's why a lot of people were taken back. What was like, oh, the next film is going to be in the year 1984. We all scratched our heads. There was 1984. Why? And you know they can't, maybe they were doing that as an answer to uh, that Marvel movie with Miss Marvel, Miss Captain Marvel, because that was kind you know, of a throwback. Maybe of, they were like, yeah. "Wait, here's a female lead based in the past. Maybe we got to do that." I don't know. I don't. You know, um, it's it. It may well have been. Uh, I think that in the end, it came. To, it, it is. There's some similarities in the fact that. Same with Captain Marvel. It the '90s didn't really play into anything outside of oh, here's nostalgia. Uh, she blockbuster. Okay, here's some '90s songs. Right. 
it did. And there's nothing that happens in it that necessarily has to be, other than I think maybe Feige and Co. Going, we need, pl- they, you know, they plan out much better than the DC films, and it may, it may have been like, oh, we needed this for some other stuff. We need to explain this, and we'll get to why that is later on. We will. There is a connection to Captain Marvel, obviously, when we talk about uh, Wandavision later. Overall, though, the. the, the it, there was so much riding on this movie, I think. I think that they really thought they had lightning in a bottle. At least they thought, people love that first film. They will they will uncritically love this movie no matter what. And they, you know, HBO Max is their thing that they, you know, this was a, I wouldn't say flagship, but it was a very big sort of selling point. Hey, yeah. you're going to get to see Wonder Woman 1984 on HBO Max. And especially once COVID hit. It, and... You know, there, I would say that there was a shift now, a pressure on that. I think that the Zack Snyder cut was, is a, um, it was a dessert. It was an afterthought. I think that they, I think that the guys at Warner brothers were like, okay, we, there's a calling for this. Let's cultivate on that. We can help it to build this, this streaming platform, but we're not. It's not make or break for us. It's not like, you know, yeah. we got Wonder Hey, we got, on top, yeah. we got Wonder Woman 1984 coming out. Everyone's going to love that crap, man. They're going to guzzle that shit down by the gallon. And it has been roundly rejected. Now do you think they're like, well, I hope this saves us. <laughs> I think there is this sort of like, uh, Zach, this shit better be good. Like this better be, people better not say this was worse than the theatrical cut or like, is this what we waited for? Um, and so far, I don't know. There's a lot, I've seen a lot of stuff. Um, uh, uh, though I've also, I tried to keep a little, uh, hands, uh, uh, little hands off with the Zack Snyder, uh, uh, behind the scenes and any of the material. Cause I really do want to be surprised. I do want to be like, I, because we've already, I've seen a version seen of movie, it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't want to see something. It's like, oh, that, oh, that would have, oh, that's going to, I wish that it, now I want to see it when I see it each episode that's going to come out. But yeah, I think there's a lot more uh, uh, pressure there uh, on different levels and maybe even more pressure on Snyder in the sense that I think that they were going to gauge the reaction of that. And I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know if he's done with them. I think that there is a very good chance that just working on this, I think that's, and it may even be official. I think there may be this sort of like talk where they're like, Zach. People wanted to see, there's there's a very loud contingent of people who want to see this. I don't know if they're the mi- majority, I doubt it. That said, it's something we can cultivate. And if you deliver, if people are like, wow, we really like this. Oh, did you see, th- oh man, did you see the first episode? I can't wait to see the next episode of this thing. And sign- if that is continued through, I think it's like six parts or something. Yeah. I think that there would be like, okay, Zach, we're going to call Henry. We're going to give you another Superman movie or something. Some, like, I don't yeah. think he is, if this works, I don't think he's done. And it'll be yeah. interesting to see what the reaction on everywhere else is. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I, when you, you'll probably get around to seeing it, but, but I got to tell you, yeah. it's, it's a slog. It's you're, you're going to scratch your head a lot when you, it, when you eventually get around to it. Cause it's going to be like, these choices are all really, really odd and nothing really, nothing really resonates. Nothing resonates or gels together. Even though Gal Gadot is still very good as Diana. Mm -hmm. 
Chris Pine is still very, very good as Steven Trevor. And I will even say this. They got all the campy stuff down. Pedro Pascal wasn't bad in what they, as the character, the writing and of it around it was bad and confusing or weird or strange, but it, it, he worked his ass off. He was, he, he, he left it on the field. The problem is, is again, the plays that he was given weren't good plays no matter what. So what are you going to do? Um, what we're going to do is we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll be talking about WandaVision after these words from friends. We had our bathroom basement done. Anna Maria Stanimir Gromo, a friend of the podcast who lives out in France, she consults and she says, hey, let me design your your basement bathroom. And that's exactly what she did. She did everything um, via email, via FaceTime. The renderings and everything, right? Renderings and everything. Completely beautiful. I took the renderings and uh, hired a contractor, and they are currently putting the, as we're speaking, putting the finishing touches on my basing. And it looks fantastic. It looks great. Servicing clients domestic international. A master is here to help you through your different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to masterdesign.com. That is a master spelled A-M-A-S-T-A design. I love our logo. No, really. I love our logo. The To Be Continued Fanboy Podcast logo was provided to us by friend of the show, Matt Sulkowski, who also runs MSD Studios. And what does Matt do at MSD Studios? He provides positive reinforcement for your brand. Located in Philadelphia, Matt has worked with clients of all sizes and has helped them to focus on designs for campaigns, rebrands, and new brands. Get in touch for your next project, MSD Studios. That's msdstudios.com. And welcome back to the other side. Now, we're going to talk about WandaVision. Now, uh, today's date is February 10th or the 9th? Uh, the 10th. Let's say the 10th. It's the 10th. Okay. <laughs> WandaVision is Marvel's first serialized streaming, serialized streaming show mm-hmm. that they are showing on the Disney Plus uh, streaming app. Um, this has been built up for a while as well. This is, I was very intrigued. Uh, these are two characters who have a history from the comics. They are uh, one of those duos that are sort of famous. Uh, granted, uh, Marvel being the melodramatic, you know, uh, s- center that it is in, in the comic books, it's, they're a duo. They're probably most famously the duo, but the truth is they're also a duo that has been involved in a lot of love triangle nonsense. You know, there's, uh, Hawkeye had, it, Hawkeye in the comics had a thing for Scarlet Witch. Ooh. You had, uh, Wanda and Vision, but then. There's a character called Wonder Man who in the comics, his brain patterns are what makes the vision alive and he was dead. But so when he came back a life, for some reason, Wanda finds oh. herself attracted to Wonder Man. <laughs> so they've wow. and the vision was dead for a while. The you know, so they've, they, they, it's, they've had that stuff. So, but, but generally most people look at them as a. There's a lot As, of necrophilia. No, stop. Oh, no, stop. Jeez, um, <laughs> actually, since, since I guess since Vision's been dead a few times in the comics, if you think about it. Anyway. And in the show, right? Well, th- that's, we'll get to that. So 
I, you know, it, it's interesting and it's also it's interesting. Okay, this is, what is this going to look like? What is this going to be? And of course, I think going back to COVID and the real world issues, this is the first Marvel product we've gotten since far from home. Right. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a long, it's a long time. It's a long way. It's now it's 2021. <sighs> okay. Everyone saw the teasers, the trailers, interesting concept, not necessarily the most original. We've seen these sort of things before. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, <laughs> there's a uh, me and Ed have been going back and forth because there's an episode of GI Joe, which is from like 1985, 1986, which is a character called Shipwreck. Uh, is gaslighted by Cobra thinking to, to make him think that like 15 years have passed because they got want to get some information on him. So they make him think that he's living in a small town somewhere. The GI Joe has been disbanded, uh, but they defeated Cobra. And now like he's, he's in business with some other guys, but it's all fake, whatever. Right. Star Trek, the next generation has an episode that is the exact same ripoff of that with Riker. Where Riker gets captured and he's made to believe that, oh, no, you, 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 oh, 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 oh you don't remember anything. Oh, you don't remember because you contracted this disease, you know, 20 years ago and it's, it, it spurred up and it does crap to your mind and, you know, it'll come back to you. But now you're Captain of the Enterprise, blah, blah, right down to in the G.I. Joe episode, right? There's a whole thing where Shipwreck washes his face and he sees that the gray beard he has is just makeup. They do almost the exact same thing in 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 the Riker episode where it's like they they show him after he's figured out that like they remove the, the 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 gray out of his beard. Okay, but this sort of idea of you know you're you have a character or characters who are uh, living in a reality or in a or circumstances that are not so, and there's something you know darker and more you know nefarious happening. Okay, I've seen that before, but fine, fine. It's comic books. It's always going to be stuff from other genres, other influences. There, that's okay. And the concept that they were selling us in those tra- in the trailer for it, and and all the build up and behind the scenes is interesting. The idea that okay, and by the way, I you know how dumb I am, John. You know how dumb I am. No, you're a smart. No, guy. you know how dumb I am. <laughs> this is how dumb I am, John. It wasn't until I think the second episode I was watching where I was got Wandavision, Wandavision, like television. Oh mm-hmm. my god, I'm so slow. Okay, really. Yeah, I thought it was just like this is a weird combination of the show. Oh, this is what they're I was like, WandaVision. Wanda Oh yeah, the first, and, and, yeah, and yeah. like they really hit it on the nail on the head too yeah. on the show. So it's just like they hit they smacked me in the face. I was like, you idiot, you should have seen that, you know, right, right. as soon as this thing was announced. Okay. It's like but, Oprah Network, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, the concept is interesting and could be really fun. Oh, these characters are caught in a sitcom world of some kind, and they're going to have to navigate, you know, what what's exactly happened. And you know, they'll probably lean a little heavy into some laughs on that, while also having, you know, you assumed, uh, you know, whatever the action adventure, you know, dramatic stuff is. Episode one drops. I watched it. Now, John watched only the first episode. I have seen all of the five current episodes available. All right. <sighs> I don't want to sound like I'm have this terrible axe to grind against Marvel Studios because I always have to say I think about half of what they put out is pablum. Not terrible, but it is in one year out the other and it's not memorable, it's not all that interesting. 
it's it's just kind of this this bland inoffensive Disney movies from the late 1970s, you know, the computer wore tennis shoes or flubber or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then and the other half is solid to really good superhero material. Uh. This does not fall onto the line of solid <laughs> or good in any way. And I am taking, I must be taking crazy pills because people love this show. There are a lot of people that really love this show. And I do not see it, not one iota. And this isn't even like a question of like, like, oh, it's not for me, but I can see why someone. Let us start out with the conceit and the concept, okay? Which we saw in the trailers. There's something strange going on. Wanda and Vision are are trapped in a TV sitcom world. And, uh, okay, go. Well, the episode starts like that. First episode 19 has that late 1950s, early 1960s, uh, sitcom vibe. They're going for kind of a bewitched. I dream of genie. Cause it's like, Oh, the audience knows they have powers. They're trying to keep them secret from, you know, all the regular right. people that they live around. Okay. And this, you know, this idyllic suburban neighborhood yeah, town, the, the struggles of privilege. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm you, a baker. you, you know, the real problem is with WandaVision <laughs> too much time. And privilege. <laughs> Too much time and privilege. <laughs> so, okay, that, okay, you know what? You actually do bring up something right off the bat. There's no commentary. There's no satire. There's not even parody. It's straight up a mediocre late 50s, early 60s sitcom because here's the truth, people. I Dream of Dreaming was not good. <laughs> Bewitched was not good. Gilligan's Island was not good. Preach, brother. Preach. Okay? I mean, like, I have as much nostalgic affection for a lot of that stuff as anyone else. But it's just objectively not. It's not good. particularly great, compelling television. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to use that as the basis for your show, you got to do something. I, I told you when we were discussing this over the phone, I said... They could have Brady Bunch movied this in which like, look, Wanda and Vision can still be not quite 100% about everything, but they can be like the, the you know, the way sitcoms were like, this is absurd or this is strange. And instead they are, they produce, they do none of that. Like I said, there's no commentary. There's no like, like, oh, this is a sly wink, wink, nudge, nudge of like what the tropes and things were. No, they're just doing the tropes. They're just doing the cliches. The jokes all fall flat. Mm-hmm. It it and it's the majority of those first two episodes in black and white, where it's just like this is just my mother the car. This is just my favorite Martian, and nothing more. And then they'll they gave you a little breadcrumb of here's the mystery. And in the first two episodes, I tolerated that just because it's the first two episodes. Right, right. You know, I didn't really like the first episode, but I will continue to watch it just because I don't want to close the book after reading one page. Right, right. But right. the opening but, salvo, it's like, okay, there's, it's here's the setup. Here's the setup. Yeah, but, uh, okay, all but, right, cool. But then right. I, after talking a little further with my, my friend Miguel here, uh, it sounds like I'd be wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to, I'm, 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 I am, uh, I'm sorry. I'm probably going to come off really negative like I'm tearing a new one. And I think this sh- does deserve it actually deserve it. Yeah. But again, 
I feel I'm taking crazy pills a little because people are saying, oh. Everyone else around you. There's like, like, yeah, they're like, it was, oh it's so funny and, and and engaging and interesting. And I don't. Yeah. Those first two episodes are, like I said, this black and white 1960s sitcom. And it's just, uh, there's just odd. There are just all these odd things about it. Um, some of which kind of make sense, but it's like, okay, WandaVision are there. We don't know who we can trust in the neighborhoods or what's going on. And occasionally something breaks through that something, something darker is happening. Okay. Then we transfer over to like the 1970s sort of era. By the things third turn, episode? Third episode, things turn color. color. Uh, WandaVision are like, when I have kids. They're on Sesame Street. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's more, it is very much, it's much more Brady Bunch than that sort of way. And again, the entire episode is exactly like a bad episode with one or two moments of there's something strange going on. There's something weird going on. Mm -hmm. Who, who's alive? Who's dead? Uh, and also with the sort of the threat of, it seems Wanda knows more than she's letting on that. She isn't, is she in control? Is she not? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it just kept on and on like that for that whole episode. And then I know you might get to this, but just to help me understand, okay. how are they progressing through the eras, though? Are they just wake up? It just up, happens. It just, just happens. wake up one day and they're in the 70s. It's it's, it's in that like, sort Yeah, it is in that sort of like, again, there seems to be, at least when, especially when it started, you saw that it it's not like they, they don't remember where they're from. They don't remember when they were married. It's all just, we're here and we're these people, but we don't seem to have any backstory, right? Uh-huh. Slowly it becomes like, oh no, Wanda knows exactly knows what's, happening, yeah. what's happening. And she has a lot more control here than we we're. And then eventually it's like, okay, episode four comes and they basically just rehash everything we already. Yeah. Okay. We find out episode four and five. So it's the butterfly effect. I uh, meaning essentially meaning they're just like repeating the, the day, the air. Well, we air. just got to see it's like, it's like. Yeah, we know. This. Oh, and by the way, they brought back Darcy from the Thor films to be the science expert. And it's like, don't buy it. I didn't buy her before. I don't buy if that she's become a genius astrophysicist because everything about the ca that character before proved that she didn't know her. She didn't know a black hole from a hole in the wall. So <laughs> don't, don't, this is, this is dumb to, to try and do that. We know, we know why. <laughs> We know why Darcy is there because um titties. Maybe I do have to watch it. <laughs> anyway, okay. I'm sorry. We dude dude horny horny guys in their 30s and 40s love that girl and that's that's why they brought her back, okay? I'm sorry, that's just it. So they do the revelation which in itself is like there's a whole thing where we connect it to the Captain Marvel films because if you remember in in those movies uh, you we had the 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 uh Carol Danvers's um friend who was a single mother well her daughter who was you know a child in the 90s has apparently now grown up and they do one great thing great John which unfortunately is also something that Marvel should have done before this, which is Monica Rambeau, that little girl who grew, you know, grew up. She was one of the disappeared right. from Thanos's snap. So we start off with like, she just comes back to life on the day when the Avengers won and everyone comes back to life. Now she, it's very tragic. It's very sad, 
because in the story, it's she was at a hospital. She was at a hospital with her mother who had, was recovering from like apparently cancer surgery or something like that. And she wakes up. She says, where's my mother? And you know, it's chaos because there are all these people that have suddenly right. showed up and everything. And it's years later. Yeah. And it's years later. And they say, where's my mother? And the doctor says, your mother died. She says, no, you, you, you had, you told me, she says, the cancer came back two years later. You don't know because you've been gone. Yeah. You've been gone for this. And it's like, okay. So she apparently grew up to be a founder of what has become sword, which in the comics is the SW stands for sentient worlds observation and response division. That means that where shield is the super secret agency here on earth and they handle all the earth crap sword is supposed to be out there defending us against the alien threats. Uh I don't know why, but they seem to have just made sword the new shield. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, they changed the W to weapons. So it's like special weapons or sentient weapons, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. And when she's back on the job, this is Monica Rambeau, who she will become, or she should become a superhero. She's one of the most powerful superheroes in the comics, actually. Um, she is sort of, um, softly brought back on the job because people are like, we don't know about the blip. What's going on? Who are these people? Says we. Let's ease you back in there. And she gets on some sort of missing persons case that uh, Jimmy Woo from the Ant Man films as an FBI agent is involved in. I don't even. Under, I don't think they even explained it well. But he's like, I'm looking for someone, and I found this town that doesn't exist. And when they try and like fly a probe into this place. It disappears. Then she goes after the probe and she disappears. And then that's how she becomes integrated into that world. And apparently all of those people around them have been gathered from other places. And she has done things to their minds for what reason we don't know, but she seems to be very happy because eventually what you get is yes. Wanda at some point in the, in the show's timeline, nine days before she broke into wherever the, the vision's body was being held, violently took him out of there, and then created this hexagonal like dome, whatever, you know, this 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 field where you pass inside of it and you're in this sitcom world. And they're trying to contact her. They thought, is did this did someone doing something to you? Is there, there and then we just learned, nope, it Wanda is doing all this. She created this this idyllic world for coping for whatever but Mm -hmm. she's drawn in all these other people now obviously they can't have that eventually all right but here's the thing about that okay all of that i knew i knew that from the trailer (laughs) this was the fifth episode right (laughs) they did all of this stuff and it's like oh is is this i'm five episodes in yeah we all figured this out we figured this out from the jump yeah. I get needing setup. I get needing to expand on exactly what's going on. You're but five episodes in and it's like, it's like yeah. yeah, this is still, this is the, oh, are you telling me what the concept of the show is? I knew that. Right. I knew that from the first second of the first episode. You need to do something more. And that is the problem is that <clears throat> what should be the forward momentum stuff that gets you like what's happening was on the back burner right. for five solid episodes. And like instead, that. all they gave you was this sitcom crap. Right. And it was crap. If the, I would have forgiven it, I would forgive that aspect of like, hey man, they really, 
they just, they're, they're keeping the really interesting and the meaty stuff in the background. If the stuff in the foreground had been really entertaining, yeah. it could have been funny. It could have been crazy satire right. it, it, or, you know, there could have been more like weirdness to it. Yeah. Cause this is what I really think in seeing these five episodes, they want this to be their legion. They wanted, they, there's no doubt in my mind. It's like, it's going to be weird and strange and everything. And instead they have produced this very, in my opinion, incredibly bland five mm -hmm. episodes that took way too long to get it and is not, I don't think making as much sense as it should. Um, and then they are, I kind of, I don't want to save, but they definitely, they're also using it. Obviously the show is a setup for other things. So the last episode, this was something that many people would followed it, suspected or thought was going to happen, but things are spinning out of control. All right. It seems Wanda, you know, she gets contacted by the outside world. Uh, and you know, it's all, all is revealed and it seems to be that the vision who might, the vision might just be just a corpse that is being animated, but on some level he is aware and he is starting to go like, Wanda, this, none of this is right. You know, or, you know, now suddenly it seems that you do have a lot of influence over what's happening here. And are you doing this to me? Shouldn't I have my own free, you know, on and on and on. And it's a really good, it's actually a good scene, but that's the thing. It's like, this is the first really, really good scene between these two characters in right. five episodes. And then they pull this thing where they had been talking the whole episode was, they were going, the, the sitcom conceit was their two twin boys who are, who that is from the comics. I, I have to say their two twin boys uh, find a puppy, you know, it's standard sitcom, you know, mm -hmm. they bring it home and then the puppy dies and it's like, oh, the kids are supposed to learn an ep you know, a lesson this episode about death or whatever. Uh -huh. And they had in the background sort of been churning around the ideas like, well, mommy, you, did you have a brother? You lied, yada, yada. She was, she's having an argument with the vision and then the boys are like, she explains it about it and she says, well, you know, it's just like you, it's like you too. It's like, you, you know, you'll always be his brother, your brother and you're mine. And, you know, you'll always be loving, you know, love each other and we'll be family, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, did you have a brother, mom? And she says, yes, I did. He's far away. And then at the end of the episode, you know, uh, I, not quite Kramer-esque, but the, in that sort of like, <laughs> like there's a knock on the door. They're having this argument and she says, that's not me. I didn't, she's like, he, I, I guess the intimation is sort of like, Vision He's like, barging into her fantasy land. I, more, more like Vision is kind of like, oh, you're just doing this as a distraction. We're having this argument and you've, here's another sitcom element. And she's like, I didn't, this guy knock, whoever's knocking on the door, I have nothing to do with it. And then she opens the door and they try and pull a fast one of like showing the back of his head and his haircut and hairstyle looks like Aaron Taylor Johnson, who played Pietro Maximoff in Age of Ultron. And then boom, we get the reverse angle and it's Evan Peters who played uh, uh, Peter Quicksilver in Days of Future Past in the X Men movies uh, from Fox. And he's like, "Hey, don't you get a hug for your big bro? Your, your your for your bro? Whatever, blah blah blah." And like even Darcy, who oh by the way, the Shield, uh, the Sword people, they are literally using TV transmitters to watch the show. Nice. Okay, so they see it, and Darcy goes, "She recasted her brother." 
Now, this seems to be part and parcel of the sort of like that this, that again, that we knew before the jump, anyone who paid attention to this stuff said, oh, this is going to be a lead up to the, the, the Doctor Strange movie, that there's going to be some element. And what's the name of the Doctor Strange movie? The Multiverse of Madness. Now, it this may just be a big preamble for that. Um, where maybe Wanda, you know, in the comics, she's gone off before she's been villainous. She's been an antagonist character. She started as an antagonist character as a member of the brotherhood of the evil mutants. And then she had the, the, what they called the M day, the decimation, uh, uh, Avengers disassembled. So maybe the, in the doctor strange movie, she, what she has done has now gone out of her control or something. And it has to be fixed either by strange or she doesn't want to give this up. I don't know, but they could have done something with that whole like casting thing where like, I told you they could have done an aunt Viv Mm -hmm. that at least would have been sly commentary. She could have, you know, it could have been like, Here's my brother. Oh, it's Aaron Taylor Johnson. He goes upstairs. He comes down. He's Evan Peters. And that is a, a clue for her and other, like, this is beyond my control. I didn't do that. There's a glitch. There's a glitch. There's something wrong. There's something happening here that even my, like within my conspiracy, there's a conspiracy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And as much as that is, you know, Evan Peters showing up as, you know, uh, alt Quicksilver is cool and leads to a lot of things because, you know, like I said, we have multiverse of madness, but there's also talk of the next Spider-Man movie. You know, they're bringing back Jamie Foxx. Uh, there's talk of Toby Maguire and, and, um, Andrew Garfield showing really? up in a multiverse oh. sort of story there. So it's like, okay, they're using this to set the table for some concepts and things they're going to use later yeah. on. It's the MacGuffin. But they didn't <laughs> do anything entertaining from episode one right. all the way through episode five. And I, for the life of me, cannot understand anyone telling me that this was incredibly charming, incredibly funny, or incredibly engaging because it's, are they a good couple? In the same way I said about um, Pine and Gadot. I don't find Elizabeth Olsen to be all that interesting. You know, she's the inverse of Darcy in that, like I said, 40-year-old guys love that actress because boobies. But I'll be, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be straightforward about Elizabeth Olsen. Uh-huh. America loves themselves a thin white woman. America loves themselves a thin white woman. And Elizabeth Olsen has, to my mind, never been all that interesting as a performer. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't think she's super compelling. She's not super compelling as Wanda. Her accent choice has always been very odd. But on top of all that, there's not a lot of there there so far in the MCU with Wanda. We know that she, you know, the whole thing from Age of Ultron. And after that, no, not, not really all that much. No. And we certainly don't have enough about her and vision together. They're introduced that there's, you know, in civil war, there's some connection. There. Yeah, yeah. And then we flip to infinity war and they're already in this torrid relationship, secret relationship that, right. you know, I'll die for you, blah, blah, blah. But we didn't see the buildup. We don't know the nature of it. You're totally right. Uh, they should have shown more of their connection, how they fell in love. The How, trials and tribulations of what they've been to make this more impactful that she would go create this world right. to reunite. Thank you. But you're like, but I where was know. that? I right. don't know the depths of anything. Right. Yeah. And mm. since they're pl- on the show, they're playing these characters on a show. 
who aren't themselves, we're not getting we're not getting yeah. anything. And you're not getting any more insight. Right. Yeah. And again, that you could compensate for that. If With that's good, I could see where some you go actual like actual good one-liners, some actual good zingers. Or how about this? Trope, how yeah, about yeah. what we find out is is that the sitcom world that they're replaying through is a replay of their relationship. And we would learn all the, there would be all these sort of things where it would be like, ah, oh, yeah, I, Actually, I these me- are memory cells. Yeah. yeah where, where yeah, it just being re yeah. just sort of like their memories Re-enacted. of those moments repainted in a sitcom way. Mm-hmm. And that in hindsight, you would go, oh, that's what that was about where it's like, yeah, uh, the, oh man, they were the, they worked at the same job and they were on different sides of a union strike. Right. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, that was civil war. That's what had, there's something, how, and that's where their relationship started in the next episode. Oh, and this is what happened when they were in hiding and how to go, but they didn't do anything like that. There's nothing interesting in that right. way. And it's not there. So you tell me they're charming and it's romantic. And it's not. You tell me it's funny and the sitcom stuff falls flat on its face. And the interesting part of it, they've dragged out to the nth degree and five episodes in, I, 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 Still, no, no, no more than I knew when I saw the trailer. trailer. Yeah. Okay. So like, I, I don't know now, John, overall, you said you didn't like that first episode that you did see. Yeah. Well, and you, and I'm not, I'm not talking it up for you here. Now, is there anything you saw in that first episode that you did, that you liked, or you thought that there was some promise there? Is there anything like, you know? Well, I mean, it was, it's barely even worth mentioning, but I'm like, oh, that was a little funny where like all the food was floating in the air for a second. You know? <laughs> right. And, and that was it. <laughs> like I half chuckled at that moment. Like barely chuckled. I'm like, and that was the 20 minutes, 30 minutes for me. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and the, it just. <laughs> it, yeah, they, uh, it didn't. And, and, and I just want to say, I'm not asking for it to be an action show. I mean, we just saw no. the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl just passed and we saw the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier there. Right. And that no, obviously. But it could have been a, like you said, it, it, there's almost no difference between that episode and any random episode from Bewitched. You right. Know, like there was no real, it didn't do anything. And so yeah. with that being in the, in your face part, it just, yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't work for me. And I, I really am at this sort of like point where I feel like, I don't know if I have the gumption to want to watch every Marvel product that comes out anymore. I really do. Right, right. Where it's just like, what are you, you're going to give me something that is promising the moon, mm-hmm. but is just going to be, you know, a mediocre placeholder and part of your whole architecture of, you got to see this one. So you got to see the next, to, to see the next one. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to feel like, I, I don't know. I, I'm starting to feel that maybe, maybe I can just w- read the Wikipedia page. <laughs> And uh, it's like, and then understand all the jump offs from and, there. Exactly. Right, and right, go right. like, okay, I'm not like, like, you know, I might, I might, I, because let me tell you, th- these episodes are released weekly mm-hmm. and, you know, after the third one, my enthusiasm was tamped way down and right. I took a long time to get, to getting to four or five. I, yeah. that, and again, I just, I, I, I want to be objective. I don't want to sound like I'm just shitting on this to shit on it, but. Same. I am getting to the point where I feel like uh, I don't have to see every Marvel thing that comes out. I, I was excited to to see the show, and then after the first episode, I'm like, maybe I'll get around to the rest. 
Yeah. You know, like, but there was nothing like, oh my God, I got, I can't wait for the next episode. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. And, and by the way, the, 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 again, the reaction to, there are a lot of people that are like going like, you see, you had to wait for episode four and five. They, that re, it made, now it got so much better. Or, and I'm, and I, I was like, I was hoping that that was going to be the case. I was hoping, because remember my whole, well, I, I've said for years is the Josh Whedon rule of the first five episodes is the pilot. Right. If it has not, if they have not been able to grab you in that period of time. And it is also interesting that I feel that they made this literal sitcom length. It's a 30 minute show. So like you think it would with with a laugh track, you would think things would move faster. You think that at 30 minutes, you know, it's like, okay, it's under 30. I think the first episode is like 25 minutes. And it's like, okay, you you know, this is two and a half hours. This, you just, I've waited through Lord of the Rings level, like right for one thing to actually happen for something to get the ball moving, to make it interesting, Mm -hmm. to make it more, more intense. And you watched all of Endgame, but it was at one. I love Lucy episode. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. That would, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So like, and they're all, you know, I wish I could, if Ed were here, you know, there are a lot of little Easter eggs. He would have a counter, right? Um, He he liked the show, right? I think he, 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 when I talk with him, he, he said, he says, you're not wrong with what you're saying. I think after the first uh, episode, he did text us and was like, oh my God, that was, that's amazing. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to put any words in his mouth, John. Now, I'll leave that to you. Mm. <laughs> Whoa, I'll give no, something no, else I'm in kidding. his mouth. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Brothers. No. Brothers. Uh, so, I, again, I don't want to be too harsh, but that is my really honest, honest right. opinion on on WandaVision. I, I wish I could have ended this with, with a, being more, but right. I, it, it really did make me go... I don't know if I'm gonna. Now, now granted this, that that yeah. that that Falcon Winter Soldier trailer, I all of my I was like, no, yeah, I'm gonna watch this. This is gonna be the greatest thing ever because I don't want to be disappointed. And I don't usually, you know, I said that as a joke. I don't usually go into this is gonna be the greatest thing ever. Right. I try and be open minded always, and I know that you know, hey, right. some stuff's not gonna work. Some stuff will, you know, be holistic. But it is obvious. You look at that trailer and it's like okay there's a lot more going on there than it's going to be happening here mm-hmm. and i but okay what i really want to get is that i don't think that wandavision has to be the falcon and the winter soldier no i think that you look at what fx did with legion right cerebral yeah. and it's very different very mm-hmm. off the different beaten path they did very interesting like even didn't have to be action-packed didn't have to be action-packed mm-hmm. and they really worked well with the disorientation you didn't know what was going on, but you were always engaged and entertained. They mm-hmm. did something that was on the screen, some either visually well, it's one or of those, character-wise that made you go, okay, I'm here for the next episode. But that, it's one of those shows too where it's like you could blink and miss something. Yeah, know? that's yeah. And so, so you, you have to pay to attention. Be engaged. Yeah, Thank you. Very yes. Engaged. Here you can bl- you could sleep through it and nothing. <laughs> No other like I said, you you know, you don't really yeah, get yeah. all that much because especially since like episode four and five is just a recap, like I said, mm-hmm. of all the other things. So you could have it's skipped the, one, two, and three and just been like, oh yeah, that's that thing, that's that thing, that's that thing. We explained it's it. It's the all. recap of the trailer. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty no, pretty but, much. Uh, I do have a question for you because I think you mentioned that this is opening up avenues for other movies and other mm-hmm. shows. Where 
what do you think they're t- trying to tie in or expand on with this as the vehicle? Okay. <clears throat> the fact that le- this is, like I said, it's the- Well, lead- you mentioned a multiverse. Right. It's uh, a, le- a multiverse of madness and possibly the next Spider-Man movie, right? Mm-hmm. You know, one of the big storylines in the comics for the last about 15, 20 years was a, actually a reimagination or, or a re of uh, a, a reboot, if you will, of the 1980s secret wars. Okay. So the old secret wars was there's this being called the beyonder and he gathers very simple. It's like this being called the beyonder. He gathers all the heroes and villains on this world. He calls battle world. He says, I've created to, I've created it to, for a contest between you two asides and uh, the winner will gain this grand galactic, you know, cosmic level power. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's very interesting because, like, he's powerful enough to bring, like, beings like Galactus into this. That's how powerful the Beyonder is. And it ends with basically Dr. Doom being the one who gets it and blah, blah, blah. So it was a big storyline. It had its repercussions in a, a bunch of different ways. Uh, the biggest, I think, for the Marvel Universe is the fact that Secret Wars is where Spider-Man gets the black costume. That's where the symbiote is introduced. Mm. Okay, or symbiote, whatever. They did a, another series that was called Secret Wars that was a little more like DC's Crisis on Infinite Earths, which included cleaning up a lot of continuity, updating things that needed to be updated, reha- you know, sort of resetting the universe as a way. It was this big epic story of Dr. Doom finally, you know, getting all of this power. And, you know, it's, it, it's very intricate. And like I said, includes a lot of multiverse stuff into it. I am not, if that is where they're going as the next big arc, I could, I definitely could see that. And they need to introduce that concept of the multiverse in it, maybe to make it work. Right. Uh, you know, I, I also think that they, maybe they're also, there could be some sort of testing the waters of, could we, I don't think they are going to bring the X-Men cast back in total, in total, in totality. Mm-hmm. I We're not going to see Hugh Jackman. They want a new Wolverine just so they can make that new Wolverine money. And right. they're going to, and then, you know, and of course, Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are, are far too old to... I'm not sure if they would bring McAvoy and Fassbender back, but that is maybe part of it where we there would be like, huh, we already showed everyone that J. Jonah Jameson in this universe looks exactly like J.K. Simmons. He's still J.K. Simmons. Uh-huh. It's a different look, but it's still J.K. Simmons. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe they want to bring back a Fassbender, maybe, or or some other actors or elements or things. Maybe they want to do like, hey, hey, a lot of birds here. We we get to lead in for we get a lead in here for Doctor Strange and Spider Man and the next Deadpool movie. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe I I and and there also seems to be some aspects of it that this also might be including some elements that are going to introduce Fantastic Four. There's been a lot of talk about how. Uh, in one episode, the Monica Rambeau character says, "I gotta. I want to figure out a way to get through the dome, the hex. You know that dividing line between that re- the reality that she's created and the outside world, and." 
she's talking to Darcy and she's like, like, okay, well, in order to do this, this thing would have to be built like this. And da, 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 da. he says, but I could go through it. She says, yeah, you still got to power it. He says, I know an engineer that would love to figure this out. Tony Stark is dead. Mm. There are not a lot of other big brains in the world that you could see. It would be reasonable that she would know. The Hulk? I don't think a, I don't think a guest thought like that, but people have said, you know, Ant-Man. Sorry. People have said maybe that's Reed Richards, maybe that's Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic yeah, Four. That's a smart guy. And they'll he he's not just a smart guy. <laughs> Mr. Fantastic is the smartest man in the Marvel universe. And maybe this is their backdoor way of going like we'll We'll introduce this character here, or it may be just a reference that is a like right. you know, we haven't cast the character yet, but we're gonna you know it's like right. it's like okay you know you know I just got off the phone with Doctor Richards, Doctor Richards, yeah, he's the guy who said we wanted to design the thing to penetrate. He says that he'd need X amount of time to blah blah blah. We don't have that, you know. It, it might even be just that minor, but I see those as the threads that might come out of this. Right, right. Um, it, do now do they do a thing where they literally give us like. Uh, strange is like like it's a literal lead up like that you have to watch this because when they do the next strange movie it's like we ain't gonna hold your hand did you see WandaVision there you go this is this is where the story is jumping off from there right maybe I I hope that the remainder is more interesting and engaging by the sound of it I mean it sounds like they finally are going somewhere with the last episode. Yeah, things yeah, happened yeah, yeah. in like the last 10 minutes. Right, right. Like that we were like, yes, okay, this is, we're going on. This is something going on. And especially since the literally the last thing was, oh, here's the new Quicksilver. Here's Quicksilver. Right, right. Which brings up like, is she- Might be an accelerant. Yeah. Is she mm-hmm. going to- <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Uh, is it going to be the sort of thing where it's like, oh, she- uh, we are go- we are going to bring Quicksilver back because you know she's resurrected Vision. She didn't think to resurrect her brother, and then her a version of her brother shows up. Mm-hmm. Could the fi- could the series end with you know Vision is back alive, and then Pietro is back alive, and now we've increased you know we've increased the stable of characters that we've got. We've brought them you right. know we you know because. Yeah, Tony Stark is dead and Captain America is dead and some of these other characters may not be, you know, available. She, she might be uh the, to DC's La- Lazarus Pit. She She's, might be reviving, just reviving. John, John, that's what they've done in the comics. Right. Uh they've they've done stories in the comics where that was uh that was Avengers disassembled and then um uh, House of M, which was you know she goes she goes crazy in the comics which i there are a lot of fans who to get a little political here <laughs> um in a in a different society not like uh not trump or anything but you know there are a lot of fans who feel that th- there's that trope that cliche especially in comics and i can't make a hard arguments against this actually which is there's this really long lived trope of here's the female character we have. And in order for her to become really powerful, she's got to go nuts. And in going nuts, we've got to take her down. Hysterical. Honestly, John. Yeah. yeah. It's not too far off from that. It's not too far off from that. They called all like all women that 
ever got out of hand at all. They right, were... and and so there's there is this sort yeah. of like should we, should we even be doing this? Mm-hmm. Isn't this just kind of like Dark Phoenix? But mm-hmm. like in the comics, they they while I understand that that's a that's not a great trope. It's not a great trope. I disagree with a lot of fans who were like, that came out of nowhere. It didn't make sense when she went crazy. I I know that some people have problem with Brian Michael Bendis who wrote that stuff and his dialogue or whatever. I don't, I don't care. Right, right. Uh, I, I'm frustrated by a lot of Bendis's writings as much as anyone, but I think he hit the nail on the head there. Basically in the comics, it's like she, the history was she married the, she married the vision and because he's a robot and she's a mutant or whatever, they had to use magic and a combination of all this crap to make kids. Mm-hmm. And then the kids, because they were a project of product of magic and stuff, they mm-hmm. retconned them out of there. It was like, oh, to make their souls, she had to she used magic to take a part of the literally Mephisto, who is Marvel's the devil. Right. Yeah, it's like, and it got mixed up with some other stuff, and I got to get you to ancient gods, yeah. all this sort of stuff where- Artificially inseminated Rosemary's baby. And that's the thing. They <laughs> in, they got rid of it, the, and then they blanked her mind. It was like, oh, she won't remember that she had kids. And right. basically, she's having a conversation with um, another female character, the Wasp, at, at the Avengers mansion, and like- it's in a period where the wasp is separated from uh, Ant Man from from Hank Pym, and they're looking at they're looking at Hawkeye, who's kind of like beefcaking by the pool. He's kind of like he's doing some stuff with his arrows, but he's shirtless. And and like the wasp is looking at him, is like, oh, Hank's yeah. So she's like, uh, not Hank. I'm sorry. She's like, oh, Hawkeye's looking pretty good today. He's that that ass is you know you could bounce a quarter off of it, and that conversation leads to some other stuff about like you know ah uh, relationships and then kids Love and then she slips out just like but of course you know with the whole thing what happened with you and your kids and blah 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 and Wanda's like me and my kids and it's like oh shit <laughs> oh yeah and that drives that's, her nuts that's enough to make anyone crazy and that's the thing she goes nuts and basically like destroys the avengers with her the, destroys the team not uh the vision gets destroyed uh hawkeye dies dies damn okay and the team is left like absolutely nothing going on Decimated, there and yeah. basically doctor strange comes in and they're there's like oh the chaos magic must have done something to her and blah 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 and he's like what what did you just say yeah yeah she there was this whole thing like where they're like oh this is the new explanation for her powers and they're like mm. he's like chaos magics he's like okay i'm the sorcerer supreme i'm telling you right now there is no such thing as chaos magics like what? It was like, yeah, it, this is just her power, her prop, her probability power that we all thought was, that's what it was, is reality altering. And quite frankly, when you look at the history of this woman from starting out as, you know, uh, never knowing her real father, that her and her brother had been pawned off at this, by this other couple. And then all of the weirdness that happened of them trying to find out who it was. And then it turns out, oh yeah, that terrorist leader that used to be like, had her, them, her and her brother under his thumb for so many years and mistreated them. Yeah. That dude. Yeah. That guy's her father. And then, oh yeah. On top of that. Yeah. She falls in love with a robot 
okay, mm -hmm. who dies and comes back a bunch of other times. When she finally gets together with him, she creates artificial babies who are then wiped from, like, they're like, right. is it any, she should have lost it a longer right. time ago. She held it together for a while. She, yeah, she was pretty good there for, you know, yeah, most of us would have buckled. Yeah. And like on that level, I do, I agreed with that. I was like, oh, okay. And then, so in the, in the comics to get to the point about using her to bring people back, it's like, well, the Avengers go, we can't, we, we can't let her live after she disappears after the incident. And like, we, we, we can't, we got it. We got to do something. And her and her brother twins, these characters with this deep bond. Quicksilver, he was an Avenger, you know, and, and he goes, I can't let them do that. And he takes them to Magneto. He takes her to Magneto, who at the time Magneto is living on this island called Genosha, which is supposed to be the mutant uh, haven. It's this, this island off the coast of Africa. And Magneto basically said to the all the mutants, come here, live here. This is, this is a, a place that you can live. I don't have to war on the outside law world as long as we have our own place. Okay. So Quicksilver brings her there and he says, he's like, they're going to kill her. You've got to do something. I know you've been, you've been a shitty dad from the start, but you can't just let them kill. And you are Magneto. You are one of the most powerful mutants in the world. Mm -hmm. Countries tremble when you talk, yeah. you will tell them under no circumstances that they can touch your daughter. And Magneto is like, no, I can't do that. You can't bring this trouble to my to my door like this. You want me to? You're you're gonna force a conflict that I'm not sure we could win against Earth's mightiest heroes and all the governments in the world because everyone is like, what what happened? Oh, Wanda Maximoff went nuts and the Avengers got destroyed. Can't have that. Re and realistically, you're if she did if someone did that and had that power, you I the yeah, we'd all yeah, be yeah. like, yeah, she got to go. Yeah, we can, we, we, this is too huge of a threat. And when they go there to confront her, basically she's angry at everyone. She's angry at her. She's, she's, she's angry at her. I think everyone, but her brother, if I'm remembering correctly. And she's like her father, this and that. And then suddenly just, no, the Avengers are on their way there. And then everything turns white and then reality gets rewritten and the mutants are in control of the world. Magneto is basically emperor of like 75% of all land masses. And basically the only other free places are like, there's like, I think they wanted to say that they were trying to take over Australia. So there's still human resistance. I, it's been a long time since I've read this. Like, you know, Wakanda is still around. Atlantis is still around, but humanity is under the thumb of mutants who rule everything. It was called house of them. And basically it's like, okay, Magneto is the emperor of the world with his children by his side. And no, now there's no, no one could ever come for Wanda. But in rewriting it the way she did, she also, re, she, you know, certain characters who had died came back to life. Hawkeye was back alive again and everything else. And that story then ended with her real disappointment with the world that Magneto is in charge of and some other stuff. And she says, no more mutants after the heroes get their memories back. And they finally like, we got to stop this again. And she decimates all the mutants of the world and there are no more mutants. That was a, that was wrapped up in a lot of other things. I don't think that that's where they're going to go here, but I do think that I personally, John, I don't care what their origin was in Age of Ultron. I really don't. Mm -hmm. And they've gone back and forth. They've retconned it 10,000 times from Sunday, but classically speaking, 
no, I'm sorry if anyone out there disagrees, but I'm sorry. Classically speaking, everyone thinks of them as Magneto's children and that finds that that aspect is interesting, compelling, you know, mm-hmm. it, it goes into a lot of adds other, a layer of drama, yeah. adds a layer of drama. It adds, a, you know, it adds, it adds a sort of like an interesting thing because you know, even in the MCU, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch were introduced originally as villains. They were members of the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants who worked with Magneto. You can go back and forth with those characters. I personally would think that at the, you know for a long time, I really thought that the best destiny for for Quicksilver was to just go full on villain, just full on like that. Like he's he's as arrogant as his father. Nobody like like let me put it this way: like there are very few people in the Marvel universe who are bigger dicks than Quicksilver. <laughs> About the, the, it's like, um, I'm trying to remember the guy from Alpha, like North, it's North, North Star and Namor are like the only other two guys like, like, oh, and, and Sunfire and Sunfire from uh, the Japanese X-Men. They're like the three biggest dicks in the meal. Like, like Quicksilver's up there with them and you could have easily made him a bad guy. I don't know if that's where they're going. This, uh, like I said, there is a, some people are of like the trope of the out of control woman. Do you make her a villain? I do know that it's all leading up to, to multiverse of madness and some other things though. Now, uh, that's all I got to say. I wish I had b- better thoughts on WandaVision, but so far five episodes in, I am thoroughly, thoroughly underwhelmed. Thankfully, there's more material out there for us to get to, uh, on to be continued of uh, fanboy podcast. Um, we have a still have our James Bond show in the works. We definitely have uh, uh, probably an expanse show coming up. The Snyder Cut will be released, and we're definitely going to be uh, going over that. Uh, me and Ed are working on some comedy stuff. Um, uh, let's just say that I've been watching a lot of the old GI Joe show, and I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> so that's some of the material that will be coming up later on as always coming to you here from uh, wonderful pancake studios that provided by Jonathan Vergara as always uh, please 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 if you are into podcasting music recording or have any other uh, audio mastering and engineering needs pancake studios and Jonathan Vergara are uh, they're a bargain they're a bargain. He does the job well. And, you know, we've been doing this for a while with him and, you know, John's John knows what he's doing. So, uh, show him, show him, show him some love and, uh, click on, uh, what's the website name, John, for you, for you pancake recording studios.com. So, uh, until next time, when we come back here to pancake studios to be continued. Hey, thanks for listening. The Fanboy Podcast. Please check us out at www.tobecontinuedofanboypodcast.com. You can also be found on Twitter, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn.